The most pivotal week in the NFL is in the books, and it did not disappoint. We're breaking down both the AFC and NFC playoff pictures, who clinched, who is out, and what to look forward to in Week 18 with teams jockeying for seedings, plus more antics by Antonio Brown as he quits in the middle of a game. Have we seen the last of him in the NFL? All coming up on the GM Shuffle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome, everybody. It is a happy new year. Let's hope 2022 is a little less turbulent than 2021 was. It's AD and Mike. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Support us on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Twitter and Instagram. M. Lombardi NFL. Adnan S. Furk. It is our pleasure to serve you as we begin another year. Mike, fantastic football. We'll get to all the action in just a second, but the major storyline dominating everything right now is Antonio Brown. And I get the humor of it. Of course, I'm, I'm, we're in the entertainment business. What, what is not funny about a guy literally taking his jersey off? He's shirtless. He's waving to the crowd. There's memes everywhere. It's all over social media. I get the humor. And we can laugh at that. But at the same time, this is just bizarre. I mean, the fact that Bruce Arians, the head coach, tells him, hey, go back to the game. He says, no, well, then get out of here. Okay, I'm out of here. There's elements to this. There's one, an element I think of sympathy. You go, does this guy have mental health issues? Does he need to get help somewhere? This is obvious this guy needs help. At the same time, Bruce Arians, as you said today on VEASAN, this guy, Bruce Arians, didn't want him in the first place. This was Brady's guy. What's your reaction when you see Antonio Brown do this? You know, the, there's always the reaction, right? The second step is worse than the first step. But, you know, he had an ankle all week long. He didn't practice Thursday or Friday. And talking to the people there, uh, you know, he didn't talk to any, you know, he didn't practice. And it was very, I was surprised he was activated for the game. I really was. And, you know, he played in the game. And then he told them he wasn't, he didn't feel, he wasn't right. He told them he didn't feel right. And they said, get back in the game. You're cleared to play. And usually when a player tells a coach he doesn't feel right, the coach doesn't challenge him. I mean, because, you know, you can't get into the mind of a player. So when apparently, according to people in Tampa, when he said, I don't want to play, I'm not healthy, they said, well, then you're out of here. You're fired. You're gone. You're off the team. So they fired him on the spot. And then he took it to another level. You know, I mean, had he just walked off the field and not reacted Perhaps, you know, he could continue his NFL career, but there's deeper issues here. We all understand that. And, you know, like I said on Visa this morning, I don't think, you know, 
it was ever embraced by Bruce Arians. Remember, he he was quoted as saying when I reported that they were going to sign him, that they'd have no interest in ever signing him. You know, the worldwide leader couldn't wait to report that to 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 make my report seem like I didn't know what I was talking about. So I feel bad. I, I really do. Uh, you know, this is a case of where is his mental health? He we know he's had some issues in the past. So there's a sense of feeling sorry, not trying to understand or justify his behavior. I'm just trying to recognize it and try to least allow two sides to every story. And I think that that's really what it was. And, you know, I think there's both at fault. The reaction was bad and and the, the handling of the player, especially with injury. I mean, when you tell a player that he's not hurt, you're really questioning a lot of things about the player. That's something coaches typically never do. Having said that, because I would think the first reaction is, okay, this guy's never playing the NFL again. No one's going to want to give him another chance. He's had multiple chances. But he is a talented player, and the way you point that out, if Antonio Brown says to another team, listen, I was hurt. I'm not being insubordinate. I wasn't healthy. Do you think he might get another chance again one day? I don't know. I think, to me, the the shenanigans and all that comes with them is a problem. And, you know, it's tough to walk into your owner and say, hey, let's sign Antonio Brown, and then you, you know, as soon as you sign him, cue up this behavior. Right, you're that's that's all you're going to see. I mean, it's it's a little bit like Iverson's practice rant. You know, it's going to be on forever. Practice, you're talking about practice, you know. And so, you know, and, and this taking his shirt off, running off the field, then he's in the car in the Uber going to wherever he was going. I, I think it's a tough sell, and I think because look, the NFL is all about sponsorship, right? You know, you wonder why Mike Lennon has a job for so long. Well, somebody sponsors him. Somebody actually thinks he can play and they have a they have a voice that's strong and can carry it. And when when you lose your sponsorship, you lose your ability to continue your career. And I think this is what happened. Brady sponsored him and Brady and Brady no longer can sponsor him and there'll be nobody else out there with that kind of clout that could sponsor him. Well said. Flashbacks to Bills cornerback Vontae Davis, 2018, quit on his team at halftime. Bruce Arians saying he's no longer a buck. And Brady, as you said, his sponsor, I hope everyone will do what they can to help him in ways that he needs it. I think everyone should be compassionate and empathetic towards the difficult things that are happening. Well, it turned around the game for the Bucs as well. They come back, score 18 straight points. Brady was vintage Brady in the final drive. No timeouts, under a minute to go. Hit Cyril Grace for the winning touchdown. Cyrus the virus with 15 seconds left. With the win, Tampa Bay moves up to the number three seed, but are mathematically eliminated from a chance of the number one seed with Green Bay clinching. But we got to get into Robert Sala, who the quote is, he is sick as New York botches the fourth down call. So they were two yards away from one of the biggest upsets in franchise history. The Jets gave the wrong play to quarterback Zach Wilson on a pivotal fourth and two. Salah said it should have been a handoff to wide receiver Braxton Berrios on the end around instead of running a quarterback sneak. Stuff for no gain at the Bucs' seven-yard line with 2-12 left in the fourth quarter. The Jets ahead 24-20 could have run up the clock with a first down. Salah blamed the coaching staff, although he didn't mention any names. His ire was directed at offense coordinator Mike LaFleur. Sala called it a communications breakdown. Shades of Led Zeppelin, communication breakdown. Wilson never should have given the option of sneaking in that situation. Sala saying they deserve better. We won that game. We've got to be better for our players. Well, he called timeout. There was a timeout before the play. They called timeout. I mean, Tampa called timeout, their third timeout. And then the Jets let that clock run all the way down. So Tampa called timeout after uh, 
Walker ran off the left side, uh, caught a short pass off the left side to, uh, to Barry for four yards. So, you know, they started that play and then Tampa called timeout. And so with now they let that clock run all the way down to 217. The Jets called timeout to get the communications right. So I don't understand how there can be any miscommunication. You, you, got, you got a meeting. You got to sit down on the sideline. You got, you know, you got Sala. You got the, you know, you got, you know, it's like, it's like Phil Atardi when he's in that club in Brooklyn. You got all those guys there, right? They're sitting down. They're having a meeting. They're having a cup of Chino. Here's what we're going to do, right? It's not that complicated. Like, okay, it was a long two. It wasn't like a short two. So the idea that a sneak was in play didn't make any sense at all. And I don't understand when it's a long two. Why wouldn't you say to yourself, okay, they have no timeouts. They need a touchdown to beat us, right? They need a touchdown to beat us. If we kick this, it'll be 2-11 to go. We'll kick the ball out of bounds so they don't have a great return. They'll start the 25, and we just got to play good defense, and we win the game. We, as long as we don't give up a touchdown, we're going to win the game. You know, we're going to win the game. I mean, the, there's no – or we're going to get to overtime. The worst we could do is get to overtime. But fourth and two, it's a long two. Why not go up by seven? As soon as they didn't get it, I said to myself, this game's over. They're going to lose. Somebody texted me during the game and said, would you have gone for the field goal when Brady went for the field goal when it was in, in the red zone and they couldn't score? And I said, yeah, because they'll end up winning by three. And, and, and you know, and that's they won by four because they went by two points. But the reality of it is, is that field goal allowed them to do this. You know, had they gone for that field, had they not gone for that field goal, had Arians not kicked that field goal, and that was with 739 to go in the game. Say he decides to go for it on fourth and eight and doesn't get it, right? Now he's, you know, he's he's down, he's down 24-17. You kick that field goal, the game's over, right? There's no decision to kick that field goal. But because Arians put those three points on the board, now he put the onus on Salai to say, what do you want to do? Do you want to go for this or do you not? And of course, Salai want to be modern, you know, but I, of course we're going to go for it because three points is no longer any good. When the three points that, that, that Arians kicked has allowed him to win the game. It makes no sense at all. Like nobody says that, you know. I mean, Arians made a fourth and eight from his nine-yard line. He could have got a first down. He kicked. There were 739. He played the odds. Okay, I'll let the ball. I'll kick it. I'll play good defense. He didn't play good defense. The Jets got the ball and marched right down the field and, and, and got four first downs and basically got, got four first downs and could have put the three points back up on to make him a touchdown, and they chose not to do it. Like, I don't understand the decision-making on the sideline. Crazy thing is the Jets, you know, they ran this play earlier, by the way, in the year, that end around. That was to wide receiver Elijah Moore. That was a fourth and one, though, not a fourth and two, which gained seven yards. And to Wilson, he said, Mike, we got the play call. I liked it because it has a bunch of different options. We had an open A gap there. Unfortunately, we came up short. I did what I thought was necessary to do right there. That was in my parameters. Coach LaFleur understands that. But Wilson never should have been given that option. Like, that's ultimately what happens, right? The, the quarterback's saying, hey, listen, I thought it was a decent play call. We've seen it work before. But that shouldn't be in his hands. And you had a timeout. That's the biggest thing I don't get. You had a timeout. I get sometimes, Mike, you go, shit, it was hasty. We were rushing. Like, ah, oh, man, we got screwed. Oh, that happens. You had a timeout. How does this happen? They had to sit down. They, they went over it. Like, you make sure. And he's sitting there on the sidelines blaming everybody when he was in the middle of the sit down. <laughs> Like he's in the middle of it. Like, and he's the guy giving out orders and he's throwing people off the bus. I mean, like, seriously, how do you do that? Like you're in the meeting, you're sitting there on the sidelines. We're having a, you know, we're having a conversation here. 
You know, and then why would even the sneak be in play? It was a freaking long two yards. Like, I, you know, I get, you know, and 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 I don't know if the play, he says the play would have gone. Maybe it would have, and they would have won the game and life would have gone on. But at least communicate it. You can't make a communication mistake there. Jets were 14 and a half point underdogs and nearly pulled out the biggest home upset in team history based on the spread. Wilson played his best game. Barrio scores two touchdowns and it's Brady and company, four and 50 yards, three touchdowns that comes out winners. Let's talk a little bit about the Bucs, Mike, before we go elsewhere. So for, listen, vintage Brady, that last possession, obviously they did a lot to pick up that number three seed. But how about the story? I, I had no idea about this. Maybe I missed this. I'm watching Jay Glazer talking about Bruce Arians suffering an Achilles injury and the fact that he might need to get surgery at one point and may not be able to coach at some point in the playoffs. I was like, wait, what is going on right now? Like, I mean, yeah, he's got a torn Achilles tendon. Right. And, and I'm thinking I don't to myself, know how he doesn't go get surgery because when you tear your Achilles, doesn't that thing roll up on the back of you and it becomes real problematic? Now, they said it was a partial tear, but I, I think uh, Achilles are usually, they're like pregnancies. You either are or you're not, right? I've heard people break, that's like an accordion, right? The thing just, like, it just falls apart. Like, it, a partial tear, okay. But I, here's the thing about the Bucs. Listen, great win, and I get it, and I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady again. But number three seed, considering the injuries they've had to their offense, the fact that their coach could be out, it's tough for me to buy them long-term in the playoffs. That's just, listen, they might win a game or two, but I just can't see them going back to the Super Bowl. Maybe that's just a gut check reaction. Yeah, I, and for me, you know, yesterday without Shaq Barrett, without Pierre Paul, they lost two really of their starting defensive linemen, which was problem for them. And the Jets moved the ball. I mean, look, the Jets did a really nice job of, of moving the football. I mean, the Jets ran for 150 yards against a team that you have a hard time running the ball against. Now, Carter had 54 of those yards on a long run. He had three carries for 54 yards. The longest run was 55. So he had two carries for minus two yards, basically. But, you know, they made Brady throw the ball 50 times, which you want to do. You know, without Fournette, there was really no power in the backfield. So, to me, I think you're right. I mean, look, going into Green Bay, you know, weather's you're going to have to play in all kinds of weather now because you are going to have to go into Green Bay and you're going to have to see if you can deal with the scenarios of, okay, do we have to go to, we might have to go to Los Angeles. I don't think that's a problem. But, you know, one thing about the last year, they were they won in New Orleans, no fans. You know, they won in Green Bay. There was no fans there too. So it's a different road this year. Good point. Rams and Ravens. Baltimore, as you said, listen, Huntley can still give them something. And he hung in there. 20 of 32, 197, zero touchdowns, one pick. Obviously, it's not the same without having Lamar Jackson there, who, as you had said, listen, that ankle injury is serious. He's not going to be able to play, and he did not play. And the Ravens have now dropped five games in a row. But Matt Stafford struggled. Yet again, the Rams trailed the entire game late in the fourth, a fourth and five to OBJ, hit him again with 57 seconds left to take the lead. Eventually, they win it. And the Rams move up the number two seed and can clinch the NFC West next week with a win. The Ravens need to beat the Steelers next week and a miracle to make the playoffs now. And I listen, Mike, I get it. A win is a win. And Rams defense, I give them credit. Five sacks, one interception. They put pressure on the quarterback. But Stafford continues to turn the ball over. This is a, a, a surprising one-point win against the Ravens. It really was. It was disappointing. I mean, Stafford hasn't looked good. He, he looks like he's worried in the pocket. I don't want to say he's scared, but I'm not sure Stafford's playing at a higher level than Goff played when Goff was playing good. Wow. You know, I, I mean, it, it, you just got to be honest. And, and look, to me, this is a classic example of a team that got greedy. You know, uh, Baltimore, they're up 10 to nothing. They had a two-minute warning. Johnny Hecker punts the ball to them. They have the ball at their own 14-yard line. Now, they have a backup quarterback in the game, okay? 
They have a backup quarterback, and they get the first and 10 play. They run for nine yards. The Rams call timeout. They get the second and one. Freeman runs for five yards. Rams call another timeout. Now first and 10, they have the ball at the 28. Like, do we really think we're going to be an explosive offense? The Rams still have one more timeout. They take a chance and call a pass play and try to throw it to Marquez Brown, Mar- Marquise Brown deep down the field and Fuller intercepts it. And he takes it back to the Baltimore 29. I mean, there's the game right there, AD. There's the game. You mismanaged the end of the game. I mean, you, you talk about analytics. You talk about kicking field goals. No, like be happy you're up 10 to nothing. Who do you think you are? You're playing with a backup quarterback. You got nobody. You're up 10 to nothing. You should rejoice. And here's the beautiful thing. You, you, you're, you got a chance to, you know, you got a chance to go into halftime. You rally the troops, fix everything. And then you go back out there and maybe, you know, even though the Rams get the ball to start the half, why would you try to be so aggressive? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, except you're up 10 nothing. You only scored three points with your offense. Your defense intercepted for a touchdown. So to me, I think the Baltimore can, can, can bitch and moan about all the things they didn't have. They could have beaten the Rams on that day if they just managed the middle eight. As I said, the Ravens, they have losers of five straight games. The Rams have now won five straight games. That gets us to the Cardinals and the Cowboys, and what a much-needed win for Arizona. They snap a three-game losing skid, almost gave it up. Both quarterbacks showed up. Murray, 307 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. Dak had 226, three touchdowns, but a ton of penalties. The teams combined for a total of 17 flags in the game, and the Cowboys said, it's not our fault we lost. It's the Zebras. C.D. Lamb, the refs wouldn't let us get into a rhythm. Demarcus Lawrence, hopefully the NFL can sit down with their team, review the film, learn from their mistakes, and get better from it. Randy Gregory, playing against the refs again like usual. It seems like every week occurrence. It was the fourth time this season the Cowboys have been flagged 10 or more times. They dropped to the four seed. Arizona stays the five. Both teams likely to face each other in the first round of the playoffs. Did Dallas lose this game because of penalties, or are they just playing the blame game? Well, I mean, yet yeah, Scott Novak. I mean, you know, I mean, he's convinced people drive to the stadium to see him referee games. I've been saying this all year. I mean, it was a classic Fox game. Scott Novak's on television. I mean, here he is. You know, I mean, you're going to get 20 penalties a game between the two teams when he's refereeing. There's no doubt. It's going to be fascinating to see if he gets a playoff game. Because if he gets a playoff game, any playoff game, then they graded him as a high official. So all this bitching that the players are doing, the league wants them to do it. Because they're going to reward him with a game. Seriously, they're going to reward him with a game. So, look, I, I didn't agree with some of the calls. I didn't understand some of the calls. I, you know, I watched the game. I thought the refereeing yesterday was as bad as ever. I think the Cincinnati Kansas City game. We'll talk about it later. I thought the officiating in that game was a disaster. I'm sure Andy Reid agrees with me as well. But I mean, it is what it is. And look, the Cowboys never did get into rhythm. They had to score 15 points in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't stop them. Murray finally. Murray finally made plays with his feet. You know, he carried the ball nine times in the game. It was just 44 yards, but he was explosive and he forced them to have to make a decision in the pocket. And and I thought he finally played a good game at quarterback. And look, the Cowboys, when you can protect and a quarterback can move around and that rush can't get to you, it it, it can become a problem. And, And, you know, when the Cowboys don't have balance, when they can't get that run game going and they couldn't, they had 17 carries, they averaged 2.6 a carry, then it's a problem. But I, I I don't disagree it was poorly officiated, but the Cowboys got beat. I mean, let's be honest. Scott Novak's crew averaged 8.2 penalties per game, second highest in the league this season. As I said, the rematch, that should be interesting, and I'm sure Novak won't be refereeing at least that game for sure. 
Eagles and Washington. Philly knew it from week one. They're going to the playoffs. It became official on Sunday thanks to win plus Packers and 49ers wins. Full credit to Nick Sirianni. They turned this thing around. They've won seven of nine games. Another slow start against Washington. You go, oh my God, are you going to blow this game on the road? They're trailing 16-7 into halftime. The league leading rushing attack wasn't effective. Miles Sanders out the broken hand but it was this defense. They did enough to stop Washington the second half, took the lead, pair of fourth quarter field goals. They're now locked into a wildcard spot, sitting as a seven seed. Washington is done. The Eagles' last five games, Giants, Jets, as you said, the Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, Washington, Giants, Washington, and they're going to finish up with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it was an easy schedule, but I'll tell you, that defense stepped up. Avante Maddox, a couple big plays. McLeod had the interception when Washington was driving. The Eagles are going back to the playoffs, Mike. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if they're good enough. You know, I mean, when you watch that game, I mean, they're 33% on third down. I mean, Washington's throwing the ball in the end zone. Heineke throws the interception at the end of the game. You know, you, you know, I know it was going to be a hard game, but, you know, they, they just, to me, it, it just seems to me like they start so slow, they make mistakes. You know, we'll see when they play against a good team and against a good quarterback. The schedule has certainly been favored, favored for them because of how badly these teams they play. I mean, will Dallas will they play? Will Dallas play anybody this week when they play them? I mean, we're going to get it on Saturday afternoon. I don't know. You know, but look, give them credit. I, I think the Eagles have done a great job in this sense. They they've modified their team to fit their quarterback. You know, he's done a really good job. He can still run the football. He only carried it seven times yesterday, but he made plays when he carried it. You know, they're, they're, they're willing to run the ball. They ran it 34 times. Their defense has, has improved in pass coverage. They've not given up as many big plays. They're playing less zone, more man. So, they're, you know, because they can run the football, I do think that they'll, they'll create some problems and we'll see. But when they play against a good quarterback, can they match that? That's going to be fascinating for me. Congratulations to them because I, I think Seriati's done a wonderful job of tailoring the team to his skill. Yeah, that's definitely the mark of a good coach to just adjust and realize what your strengths and weaknesses are. Philly doesn't look to be a great team, but they are a now a playoff team. Current NFC picture, Green Bay clinches the one seed. The Rams clinching. They're the number two seed right now. Tampa Bay clinches a playoff spot. They're at three. Then you got Dallas, Arizona, like we said, that likely playoff matchup. San Francisco, a 62% chance to make the playoffs as a six seed. Philadelphia is clinched right now. They're seven. New Orleans still has a chance at 38%. Before we get to the AFC, the 49ers clinch a playoff spot with a week 18 win against the Rams or a Saints lost the Falcons. The Saints would clinch with a win and a 49ers loss. New Orleans still alive in this thing, Mike. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans wins, right? New Orleans wins and the and the 49ers lose. New Orleans gets in. I mean, and it's no walk in the park. I mean, the Rams are probably going to play their guys. I mean, they could be the two seed. Would you rather play Philly? I mean, if San Francisco wins, right? They become the sixth seed, the seventh seed. I believe. Uh, San Francisco's the sixth seed. That's right. The Rams could easily drop down to the three seed. Would you? And I think this is. Would you rather be the three seed? Well, no. Take that back. I mean, if Arizona wins, they go to twelve and five. The Rams would be twelve and five, and I think the tiebreaker would have to determine who who wins the division. I think the Rams need to win this to win the division. If they lose, so this is a to me the Rams the Rams forty nine er game is a playoff game, and it's interesting that they didn't put this on the Saturday, which then would have made had I guess would have happened, which would would have then made the Saints game meaningless, right? So they right. probably didn't do that. So, I mean, it's going to be a hard game. I mean, the Niners' defense played well yesterday. You know, offensively, they, they kind of came around in the second half. It, it was a strange – this is another game that was strange. I mean, uh, Davis Mills throws an interception. 
they get it taken back away from them and they strip it and they ruled the player down. And if you watch the play AD, it was not even close. It was not even close. Like that, there was no way the whistle blew. And they just gave the ball back to the 49ers. And it kind of was, uh, you know, it looked like, okay, there you go. Mills didn't play to the where they couldn't really run the ball like they did last week against the Chargers. And, you know, I thought Lance in the second half got a little bit better. His accuracy to me is going to be an issue throughout most of his, his year. He's going to have to be a lot like Josh Allen and improve his accuracy. You know, his running, which was interesting, it wasn't as explosive as you thought it was. I mean, there's a, there's a fourth down play. Well, he's got a chance to run it. He does, and there's a bootleg on another fourth down. He didn't. He didn't. He threw it, you know. And so, but eventually, he made a long pass, you know, to Samuel on a, on a roll boot throwback, and he did a couple of nice things for a start. And you got to give him credit for what he did. But certainly, there was a time during that game where it, it was a little iffy for the night. It was a closer game than the score actually looked like because the Niners scored 13 points in the. They scored 20 points in the second half, and essentially, that was the game. So that NFC playoff spot's still up for grabs. We'll break down the AFC playoff picture when we come back. A shootout between the Chiefs and Bengals does not disappoint. And a win and your in scenario set up between the Chargers and the Raiders next week. That's next on the GM Shuffle. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We'll get to the awards, but first, let's talk about the AFC and what went down. Of course, again, we were all looking forward to the Bengals and the Chiefs, and it did not disappoint. Most highly anticipated matchup of the week, Burrow, 446 yards and four touchdowns. And how about Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year for sure. 11 grabs, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. Game tied at 31 late in the fourth. Zach Taylor going for on fourth and goal, looking for a touchdown. The play was negated by offsetting penalties, then followed by a defensive penalty by the Chiefs, giving the Bengals a fresh set of downs, allowing them to run the clock down and hit the game winner. Bengals improved to 10 and 6. Chiefs fall to 11 and 5. With the loss, KC drops to number two in the playoff picture. Cincinnati stays at number three. Both still have a chance at the number one seed. But that last drive, Mike, it felt like it took 15 minutes. It was, it was like 15 it was plays, painful. right? 15 plays, six minutes, and they were going to go for it. And then the penalties happened. Eventually, they kicked the field goal. But but, but bizarre way to end the game. You know, and not only a bizarre way to end the game, they, they missed. They really missed a, a false start on on, Kansas, on Cincinnati on the right before the fourth and one when they before the penalty. It should have been fourth and six. They they missed they missed a false start badly and it just I mean you could see it blatantly on the television like I don't know how they did it you know the Chiefs had ten penalties in this game and some of them I thought were very questionable I thought you you know when you looked at some of those pass interference I mean they gave up a third and twenty seven in this game AD and all the Bengals did was throw the damn thing down the field to uh, they threw it down the field to 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 chase at what point do you not double chase. I mean, I think Chase is magnificent. And frankly, I was for drafting Sewell over him, but he is fabulous. I'll, I'll grant you that. He is everything that that a number one receiver needs to be. I, I have no problem admitting I was wrong on that. However, at what point don't you double him? At what point don't you go in the game and say, okay, Chase, you're going to have two guys on you high and low all the time. I mean, they let the corners sneed. They let, they let them out to dry. I mean, they let him out the drive. Third and 27, he just throws it up for a 30-yard gain. And, and, and Chase comes down with it. Like, is there a better jump? I mean, other than maybe Hopkins, I don't know if there's a better jump ball receiver in football. I mean, he was covered. You, you can't say he separated himself. He was covered. But on that drive, they got the ball with six six oh one left to go in the game. I mean, the, the, let's face it. The Chiefs, the, Chiefs scored 20, the Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half. And score three in the second half. That's all they did. I mean, that's where they lost the game. They had no second. You know, the first half they have they have two hundred ninety two yards of offense, and then they don't score in the second half. They score a field goal. I, I mean, you know, here they go. Here's their second half: punt, punt, field goal. They had three drives: punt, punt, field goal. And so, you know, and their defense, you know, their defense in the second half gave up touchdown, punt, touchdown, field goal. You know, and the tut and the punt, they went ten plays on that drive. I mean, they went ten plays on that drive and and kept the ball five minutes and twenty seconds. So since they couldn't get off the field, and they couldn't ever take control of the game in the first half, this the, the Chiefs had the ball eighteen minutes. 
and the, and the Bengals only had it a, a, a little bit more like 12 minutes. The second half, that flipped. And that was the difference in the game. The Chiefs just, the Chiefs had to maximize every, it was a tennis match. You had to hold serve and they didn't hold serve twice. They had six plays, six plays, and that was the game. And that's gonna, that's what cost them. The Chiefs blow the early lead. Burrow's last two games, 941 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. The Bengals are clicking at the right time. Let's go back to that play call though. Jim Nance fired up. He's like, oh my God, this is the biggest play call in years. And it could have gone up, blown up in their faces. I mean, just, just kicked the field. And I get it, Mike, because they're like, well, and Romo kept saying, you don't want to give too much time on the clock. You don't want to give Mahomes two minutes. I get, you don't want to give Mahomes 50 seconds. Okay, fine. But eventually, I'm like, if you can you gotta stop win the game. It, yeah, you're going to win the game, win the- right? Like, kick the field goal, 48 seconds left. Okay, stop Mahomes. Like, I, I get the gutsiness of it. And the end, hey, welcome to the jungle. The Bengals are back. But that could have been a disaster. It, it should have been a disaster. First of all, it should have never happened, right? It should have been false start. The, the ball should have been fourth and goal at the six, right? It should have been fourth and goal at the six. The, 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 the Chiefs will get a letter today from the league office apologizing for the missed call. Not that it'll do any good. Ron Tolbert's crew, let's see if he gets a playoff game. You know, here's the Chiefs. Here's the Chiefs. They lose this must-win game, you know, which takes them out of being the, the number one seed, right? Takes them out of being the number one seed because, they can't, because Ron Tolbert can't get a false start penalty called. How bad is he officiating? Yeah. Like seriously, this is what this is what drives you. This is cost you jobs. It costs you your life. You're earning. I mean, now they have to now they have to go and play win up play on the road. They might have to go to Tennessee. Not that they can't win there. I'm not making excuses for them. But to me, it was blatant. Like it was a false start. How do you miss a false start, especially on a critical play? You know, and they kept their flags out. And look, it was it was problem. The Chiefs played the whole game with without their left tackle, and then they lose the backup left tackle. They didn't play with Orlando Brown. Then they lost the backup left tackle, and they still were able to do some things, but not scoring in the second half. Look, when you you've got to be able to when you're playing against a guy like Burrow, who I think, frankly, there should be some serious consideration for MVP. Wow, he should get some MVP votes. I mean, after the last two weeks and winning the and winning for the Bengals, what he's done. He should get some MVP votes. I mean, I I think Rodgers is the MVP, but I think I think Burrow should finish second. I think it's different than Brady. Brady has a lot of good players. Burrow certainly has Chase, so it makes him a great player. But wow, I mean, stays in there. I mean, look, he he gets hurt on the one play. They had to bring in they had to bring in uh, Allen to come kneel the ball down. I mean, if this kid has a long career, I hope the Bengals start drafting some offensive linemen to protect this kid because it's going to be fun to watch him for the next 10 years. Amen. Uh, there's, I saw some debates being had. Who would you rather have, Burr or Herbert? I'm like, I'll take both. I don't, I don't have to get into the whole pick debate. But you're right about him being hurt, left the game, wasn't sure of his status. Hopefully he's going to be okay. Dolphins and Titans. Another game we thought could be exciting was awful. We haven't talked with the Dolphins. They've won seven straight games. We haven't just talked with them in the GM Shuffle. They lost seven straight games, then they've won seven straight. Looking for a playoff berth. The reason we didn't talk about them is we knew it'd be fool's gold. They had nothing going on offense. In a critical game, Tua fumbled it three times. The Titans control the clock with a ground game. 40 rushes, 198 yards, two touchdowns. And Ryan Tannehill gets revenge from the team that drafted him eighth overall in 2012, eliminating them from playoff contention, elevating Tennessee to the number one seed in the AFC. How about the Dolphins, Mike? Roller coaster season. They lay an egg when they had to come up big. I mean, a huge egg, right? I mean, they, they laid a huge egg. I mean, think about it. I mean, without Julio Jones on the field, you know, not that he's made any plays, but the, Ryan Tannehill throws for a buck twenty and they beat you. 
But but this is another example of of Tua playing in bad weather. It was rainy. The ball was slippery. Little hands, you know, couldn't hold on to the ball. Get sacked four times. You know, look, I said this before. We said on the on the pod, the guy's going to throw short passes. The, the 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 Miami Dolphins offense was 30, 30th in yards per play. And everybody was getting excited about, oh, they're, you know, they're doing great. They're winning these games. And when they played, you know, they beat Baltimore on Thursday night. That was a great win. Okay, great win. But then when you start looking at it, okay, they beat Houston. You know, they beat the Jets. They beat Carolina. They beat the Giants. Oh, they beat the Jets again. They beat the Saints with no quarterback. I mean, literally with Ian Book, a quarterback. Like, when they, they haven't played anybody good. I mean, the last good team they played was Buffalo in week eight. Now, Baltimore, in, Baltimore did have Lamar Jackson. They didn't handle it. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're going to tell me two is a starting quarterback in the National Football League and you can win a championship with him, then we're a long, long way from having an intelligent conversation. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, and they've done a great job of Miami of building a team around two that, that can run the ball after the catch. But Tennessee is really good at tackling. And Tennessee's one of the best teams in not allowing yards after the catch. And they met their destiny yesterday. I mean, they did. It, I mean, when you lose a game and the opponents only throws for 120 yards and they run it down your throat, I mean, Foreman got back to his Texas days. He's 26 carries for a buck 32. I mean, they averaged five, they ran the ball 40 times. And, and you know, two, when Tua's got to throw it, think about Tua last year when they went to Buffalo and they had to win that game in Buffalo, right? And Buffalo destroyed them. Cold weather, couldn't hold on to the ball. Same thing here. Bad weather. I'm like, you're, you, you know, I mean, if he can guarantee himself to play in perfect weather, good luck. <laughs> as long as you're playing sunny California, anywhere warm, Florida, he's good to go. The Titans. I mean, but he'll have apologists. I mean, there'll be people, pro football focus will come out. You know, there'll be people. We have people at VEASAN that think he's a top 12 quarterback. Can you imagine that? We have people at VEASAN that think he's a top 12 quarterback. You know, like, seriously, are you watching the game? Like, Ask people in the National Football League what they think. That that would be the thing. And I think this offseason, we're going to know. Because Miami's going to change quarterbacks. Miami knows. I mean, The owners wanted Deshaun Watson forever. Flores knows he can only go so far with this guy, right? He can say he's our quarterback. I actually was surprised yesterday, AD. I thought at halftime he was going to put Brissett in the game. I really thought he was going to put Brissett in the game. Because it was so bad, and he knew he wasn't going to be able to score. Once it got to seventeen, you know, once he, once he could, once the game got, you know, once it was seventeen to three at halftime, he knew he had to throw the ball to win. It was the Sugar Bowl, you know. Only instead of benching Hurts and putting two in, you needed to bench two and put somebody who could actually throw the ball down the field, and they couldn't do it. Ultimately, for the Titans, they dominate the ground game, and Derrick Henry could be back for the playoffs. They could be a one seed and a first round bye. It's why you have said, and I heard Terry Bradshaw yes yesterday say, Mike Vrabel, Coach of the Year. You have to, right? I mean, like this is this is amazing that he's been able to win ugly. I mean, I don't think there is such a thing as winning ugly because it's it's hard to win. But, you know, they have. They've been able to have been resourceful. He's got 11 wins out of this team. I think his defense is playing at a very high level. And, you know, and I think that they're, they've got, they're fast on defense. They're athletic on defense. They can run. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they play the run very effectively. They're the second best run defense in football. You know, they can stop the run. They can run the ball. Two qualities you've got to have. You know, now you can throw the ball on them. There's no doubt if you can protect. And obviously, if you can throw the ball, you will, but Tua can't throw the ball. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, anybody who watches these games that matter, think, if thinks Tua's a good player, forget it. Raiders and the Colts. Carson Wentz 
doesn't want to get vaccinated, and then doesn't want to show up big time in a critical game. Guy goes 16 to 27 for a buck 48, one touchdown, three of 11 on third down conversions. He did not look strong. The Colts struggle on offense, aside from Jonathan Taylor, who of course has been great for them. They dropped the number six seed. Still have a strong chance to make the playoffs. They'll clinch a spot with a win against Jacksonville next week. But how about the Raiders? They're still alive. Fast start. They came in this game. They're a man on the outside looking in. They're playing essentially a win and you're in game against the Chargers next week. But give credit to the Raiders, Mike. They've won three straight. They're still in this thing. And they couldn't run the ball against the Colts, which is what I thought they would have to do. Jacobs had 16 carries for uh, 60-some yards. You know, long. he had a long run maybe of 10 yards in the game. And Carr throws two picks. But this is an example of players that if you don't practice – during the week. And Wentz is one of these guys that I think he has to practice. I think Wentz is not a natural player. I think he's got to practice. And by not practicing all week, he looked like crap. And it shows up on critical downs. It shows up on, he's three of 11 on third down, like you mentioned. Couldn't make any plays. He's got guys wide open. And frankly, the touchdown pass he throws to T.Y. Hilton should have been an interception. I mean, the ball's, you know, he's thrown into triple coverage back there. You know, and, and and look, I think, you know, now that he's gotten that out of them, I think the Colts can regain themselves. They go to Jacksonville, they'll win that game, and they'll get in the playoffs. They won't be, they'll be the seventh seed. So there's a really good chance that 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 if if the Raiders win, I think they're the seventh seed because the Raiders beat them, which makes them the sixth seed. And then if the Raiders lose, then I think they're the sixth seed. So they could either play they're either going to have to play Cincinnati or they're going to have to play Kansas City. Two explosive offenses. Be interesting if they can manage it. I think they would rather play Cincinnati. They match up better there. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those that they should have won this game. I thought the Raiders would cover, but I didn't think they would win it outright. And I, I didn't think the Raiders played their best game either. I mean, when, you know, Carr throws two picks, you got a really good chance to win. But they were resourceful in the game and they made the plays that had to win. Credit to them. Big game this week. We'll see how it works. Yeah, look forward to that game against the Chargers next week. And the Colts, as you said, should win against Jacksonville. But a very one-dimensional offense. It's Taylor or bust. Jaguars and Patriots, you talk about offense. Wow. Dominant performance by the Pats. I know it's the Jags, but still. Mac Jones throws for three touchdowns. Harrison Stevenson combined for four touchdowns on the ground. With the win, the Pages move up to the five seed. They clinch a playoff spot. Still have an outside chance to win the division with a win next week at Miami. And a Bills loss, the Jets could even clinch the number one seed if the Bills, Titans, and Chiefs all lose. The Pats have struggled a bit lately, Mike. We know the criticism from the Patriots a week ago, excuse me, a year ago, and they did not make the playoffs. Now they're back. They're a 10-win team. They're going to the playoffs, and there's nothing more fun than getting a big stomping victory like that. Gives everyone confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and a great, you know, I think this is what, Belichick's 20th season of 10 or more wins? I mean, that's freaking remarkable, right? <laughs> I mean, you talk about consistency and, you know, to get 10 wins in the National Football League 20 times is damn near hard. Uh, and credit to him to be able to do that. Uh, and the team, I thought Mac Jones played really well. I thought their execution, of course, I know Jacksonville wasn't very good. You know, they better fix Jacksonville. Lawrence, to me, looks broken. They, they need Three to interceptions he threw in that game. You know, one of them wasn't his fault. It got tipped off a player, but he did not look good at all. The bat, the offensive line was bad. I think he's had been hit way too much. They need to fix it. 
And they're, they're going to go out there and try to hire an offensive guy thinking that's going to fix it. They have to fix their organization in order to fix it. That's going to be one of the interesting hires. We're taping this on Monday morning. So, you know, I don't think I, maybe there's some coaches, maybe Mike Zimmer gets fired or Vic Fangio, or I don't know if something's going to happen, but I don't think there's any sense of urgency by these teams to think they've got to run out there and interview coaches. I think most coaches are going to wait until after the season before they do the interviews. So we shall see, but they better fix Lawrence because that's, they're counting on him to be a blue chip player. And he did not look blue chip. He hasn't looked blue chip all year. Actually, Mac Jones looked better than he did in that game by, by a long shot. To the Falcons and the Bills, Josh Allen's had a very inconsistent season. Lots of mistakes on the ball. Interceptions on three consecutive drives. So it was Devin Singletary who steps up. 23 rushes, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. The Bills beat the Falcons 29-15. to Game wasn't decided until there was about five minutes left. Matt Ryan rushed for what appeared to be a touchdown to make it a one-score game, but gets called for a taunting penalty. After the play, it was reviewed. The rule that he came up a few inches short of the goal line. The penalty pushes the Falcons back. They were unable to score. Heading into the game, they were mathematically still in the hunt. The loss officially knocks them out. What a way to get knocked out. A taunting penalty. Unbelievable. I mean, and, and, and give Ryan credit. He got the crap beat out of him again. You know, he's 13 for 21. He got sacked five times in the game, but he made a ton of plays. He got the ball to Pitts on a 61-yarder. I mean, Allen was not good in this game at all. His long pass was 15 yards. And if, I, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm worried about now. I'm worried about the weather. I'm worried if it's going to be because he was throwing fastballs in this cold, cold weather. Like, I mean, he threw one to Diggs that, I mean, it was a perfect throw, but I mean, I don't know how Diggs could, we'd have broken two fingers if he caught it. You know, it was hard. Gabriel Davis made an incredible catch on the sideline. You know, in one of the plays, they ruled it that he didn't get his foot down. I thought he did. They overturned that. But, you know, this is, he, but, but Allen is the problem for Buffalo. Their offense is all about Allen. 15 carries, 81 yards. That was the difference. And he run, he ran for two touchdowns. But this was a lot closer than the 14-point spread. A lot closer. This was a lot closer game. And and I don't know if Buffalo can beat Buffalo better play their A game or else they're going to get eliminated. And I don't know if they could, you know, there, it looks like just on the surface, it looks like we're headed for a Buffalo New England reunion up in Buffalo once again. And Allen, 11 of 26 for 120, three interceptions, 81 rushing yards, two touchdowns. I give him credit. He can make those plays with his legs, but you're right. That reunion could be fun to watch there in Orchard Park if it is indeed the Pats and the Bills. One more game to get to, then we'll do some awards. The Broncos and the Chargers. The Chargers shake a two-game losing streak. They finally get a win that they need. They move into the seventh seed in the playoffs. They'll clinch a spot with a win against the Raiders next week. The win officially eliminates the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Browns from playoff contention and how about Herbert? 237 yards passing, two touchdowns. Nice win here for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the Broncos were, I mean, could you imagine watching Drew Locke at practice all year and thinking he could be a starting quarterback? I mean, seriously, how bad is that? Like, that just blows my mind. I mean, you set your franchise back. Poor Vic Fangio is going to get his ass fired, you know, and he's been stuck with these mediocre quarterbacks and they're, and they're blaming him, you know, and, and Drew, we think Drew Locke could be the guy. I mean, come on. Seriously, that was so bad. Then Drew got hurt in the game and they had to go to Brett Rippon. And I mean, it was just so bad. And, you know, Denver didn't have half their team. So it was kind of a, a kind of almost like a buy. This will be a huge game for the Chargers. They're going to have to play great run defense. You know, it was interesting in this game too, AD, is Staley didn't go for it on fourth down. against a ver- I mean, he had the ball inside the five-yard line, didn't go for it. He's, in the last two weeks, he's backed off his aggressiveness. Now, maybe this week against the Raiders, he'll bring it back. I don't know. But it seems like he has backed off 
And, you know, and and they at least fixed the defense. Could you imagine all they had to do was beat Houston and they're in the playoffs? The Raiders are eliminated. Frustrating right now, but ultimately for the Chargers, they'll clinch the spot with a win against the Raiders next week. And for the Broncos, as we've said all year, they're a good team. They just need a quarterback. That was evident once again on Sunday. Let's do some awards and close up with the Pop Culture Minute. Let's first off kick it off with On the Lamb, Mike. You got lots oh. of options here. Who are you putting oh, on the Lamb? There's so many. Oh, there's, there's really only one choice. How about the Giants? I mean, Come on. The Giants have to be on the Lamb. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, how can we not put a team on the lamb that in the last 80 games is 22 and 58 for a 27% winning percentage? Now, I know Judd Judge is trying to protect his team, and he said that players want to play there. That's not what I hear. Like, that, that, like I hear everybody's miserable in the building. You know, and I think they did a wonderful thing giving all the, 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 the auxiliary people big bonuses. I think that's tremendous. But I think at the end of the day, there's something really wrong with the Giants. And if John Mara doesn't recognize it, then, you know, he's the problem. And it's been the problem for 80 games. You're 22 and 58, and it's getting worse. You just got humiliated. The game was over at halftime by the Chicago Bears, who were 6 and 10. I mean, you're not, you can't even bet, play competitively against them. Like, I feel bad for Giant fans. Like, they, what really needs to happen for the New York football Giants is they, they, need, they need the Chrissy Montesante. They need an intervention. <laughs> they need an intervention. Somebody's got to go tell them, like, wait a minute, you're wrong. Like, you're headed down the wrong. Like, I don't know where Joe Judge is getting this optimism. If he was playing games close, I get it, right? If, if they were in the game in the fourth quarter, he just didn't have enough talent, I get it. But somebody made a decision to make Mike Lennon the backup quarterback. Like, who did that? Like, how does that guy keep his job? Like, who signed off on that? Like, that costs you. Who's, who signs off on all this stuff? Like, to me, they can fire Gettleman at the end of the year. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's the sacrifice bunt. But it doesn't solve the problem. And how about this stat? The, the Giants minus 10 passing. It's first team since 2009 to end a game with negative passing yards. I mean, that is just insane. And for JoJo to say we're not a clown show, I, I know their theme song. It should be Smokey Robinson, Tears of a Clown. That's what this team is right now as the Giants horrific once again. I also want to mention on the lamb, the Washington stadium structure. How about the railing collapsing oh as the God. fans falling as Jalen Hurts walked past them? Wow, what are we doing here? Daniel Snyder, let's upgrade the facility. Jeez. Uh, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, it's unbelievable how bad that, and you know, if you've ever been to that stadium, it, it, you know, it, you know, it's really, it was poorly, con- I don't want to say poorly constructed. It's just not a nice facility. It really isn't. And I, I feel bad. And Jalen Hurts, what a classy kid he is. I mean, shit, the guy fan could have fell, you know, fell down on him and unbelievable. All uh, right, let's go to the Flair- Palermo Award. The best game play of the week. Who are you giving love to? Oh, you got to give it to the Raiders. I mean, look, the Raiders battled. They hung tough in there. I think they did a great job. I mean, they played well. They scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. They put together that last drive of the game to win the game. You know, I, I think there's no doubt you could go in that direction. That was a really good upset for them. I think, you know, that when you look at the Titans, that was a really good game plan. And the Cardinals, I think those three teams had the best game plans. I mean, they clearly, clearly were the dominant teams of the day. I mean, we had a lot of blowouts. I mean, look at it. The Seattle was 51-29. Who could have thought Seattle could have scored 51 points? The Packers, 37-10. to 20, to 10. I mean, the Chargers, 34-30. We had 50-10 to 10 with the Patriots. But, you know, I think there's no doubt that, uh, you know, the Raiders did a hell of a job in a game they had to win with their backs to the wall. No question. That's why that game next week will be so much fun, Raiders and Chargers. If you don't know, now you know. What do you got? Well, I, I think this is a great one. I, I think now you know that Joe Burrow is for real. I mean, the last two weeks, he should be a guy that's considered for the MVP because 
he's done some remarkable things. His accuracy, his decision-making, and he's put the Bengals in, in position. They've won the North for the first time in forever. And in spite of Zach Taylor's strange behavior at the end of that game, he was able to overcome it, and they won. So congratulations, Joe Burrow. I can't wait to watch you for the next 10 years. I haven't seen a Bengal get this much love since uh, Ang Lee's film. And, and it was great to see, by the way, just the whole welcome to the jungle to long-suffering Bengals fans out there. Congrats. You got a division title. That's awesome to see. Pop Culture Minute. My man Lombardi texted me, Happy New Year, and then said, because he's now seen Succession. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the latest season, go ahead. Stop listing. But Mike has now been caught up. Him and Millie saw, and you said, I knew Tom was always going to get his share. How great oh. was that ending, my man? I'm watching it going, yeah, Tom, way to go, Tom. We're not going to take any more ship shit. Yeah, way to go, Tom. I mean, they played it so perfectly. And, you know, the scene between Tom and Craig, is it? The the, the doofy guy who's trying to pick up the the, the, the Contessa, Correct. you know, I mean, you know, what he says, I'm going to, you know, it obviously he had a secret arrangement with, with the father. But I, I think the lesson to learn here is, and I think it makes this show so interesting is the fact that nobody ever can believe their parents would be that deceitful to them. <laughs> You know, I remember reading Jewel's book about, you know, uh, she wrote this song called Alice in Wonderland. And it was really, she never told anybody what the song was about. And then in her book, which is fabulous, if you've never read it, it's really good. She talks about how her mother stole a lot of money from her. And she just couldn't believe it. She just couldn't believe it, you know, and, and she never suspected it, which I think gives this show credibility. Because even though us as viewers could never suspect that, we suspect that 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 Roy is really Logan's really a bad human being. You know, we suspect that they're all stupid to believe to trust him because we he he never thinks he's going to die. I mean, he's Hyman Roth. He's been dying of the same heart attack for twenty years. You know, so uh, to me that that part's believable because you could never think your parents could be that. But the first time, and I said this to you in a text, the first time they all agree, they all really unify together is when they got screwed. <laughs> like, what kind of a lesson is that? Like, Kendall's like, And the like, mother I'm did in. it to him. How beautiful was the scenes in Italy, though? I oh. mean, was that, was that Lake Como and the scenes where they went and saw the guy? I mean, how beautiful was that? So my sense of it is, is where do they go from here? Right. So the, the, the kids now have bonded. I mean, assuming Kendall can get off the ground, which right. we don't think he can. <laughs> You know, I mean, how, Kendall, how about that scene, by the way, Kendall's confessing what he did. Like he literally killed a human being and Rome, who is the least empathetic person has to be the shoulder he's crying on. Just incredibly awkward. I, mean, scene. I, I couldn't even imagine writing for, for Roman. I mean, he is so, I, I, I would, I would never have those thoughts in my head that Roman projects out. I could never write for him. <laughs> Like I could have written for Uncle, like Uncle Junior's. Con- I get Uncle Junior because I've all, the people in my family are there's they're kind of like Uncle Junior, the old people that are no longer with us, you know. But to me, uh, I, I mean, I couldn't write Roman. I couldn't write him. And then you know the woman, you know, she turns on him too because she has to do what's in the best interest of the stockbrokers. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, the way Jerry t- says that, it's not in my best interest. I'm like, ooh, well, there goes that. And how about just the way that Logan, like, he's basically saying, like, why don't you carve your own way? Like, stop sucking off the teat of dad's money, figure out your own path. And then right. the way he just says it, like, Brian Cox is so good. He goes, I fucking win. Like, that, that's what this comes down to. I'm going to win. I mean, did, did, did really, did Roman think when he sent him home that he was going to make a deal in his best interest? Right. 
Like, shouldn't Roman at that moment, if he had any intelligence, said, okay, Shiv, we got to meet. I think dad's going to screw us. Yeah. I left him there alone, and the guy floated out the idea of buying our company, and that could eliminate us. We got to get to mom right away. Right. But he's always one step ahead, thanks to Tom. And and when Tom asked Shiv about what his role was, I mean, <laughs> I laughed out loud. Hey, we're going to see Logan. We're going to climb. Okay, uh, what's in it for me? Like he's just so blatantly. He's obvious. so transparent, isn't he? I mean, he's so transparent. I I I just he's he's look. There's nobody in that family I like. My man Bill Berman. He he watched the last episode. He said, I don't think I can watch it. There's nobody likable. There is nobody likable. Like now that I'm in it, like I, I, they're so unlikable that you just want to keep watching them. But I, I guess there's, you know, look, the one thing is greed, greed takes over. You know, I wrote about this for the daily coach today It is a great scene in Key Largo where Edward G. Robinson plays Johnny Rocco and oh, Humphrey yeah. Bogart Bogart, plays, yeah. Bogart, Bogey plays the, the, the Colonel Frank and they ask him what he wants. He wants more, more, more. Johnny Rocco wants more, more, more. And, and, and that's ultimately with people that reach this level, all they want is more, more, more. Tell you, man, you, you can get your football elsewhere. You're not getting Key Largo references or succession breakdowns, except for anywhere the right here on the GM Shuffle. I love Key Largo because not only Edward G. Robinson, but Bogart and Bacall. I mean, their chemistry together, of course, later got married. It's good stuff out of you, Mike. You know what's amazing about Key Largo, Will, before we go? They filmed it all. In, they, they never even filmed it in Key Largo. Right. Like, no, those, all those scenes are in California. Like, who knew? Right. I went, my, my, my wife and I went to the Florida Keys once. I said, oh, I got to go to Key West because of Key Largo. They go, you know, it wasn't actually shot here. I go, what? They go, yeah. I go, it's, it's all fake. I go, well, hey, Key West is still beautiful. I love it. Jimmy Johnson's going to play it down there. It's great. Uh, thanks so much for checking out the GM Shuffle. This is a great time of year to be a football fan. Lots more coming up later this week on the Shuffle. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.